0: Hello and welcome to the Adventures in Marketing podcast. My name is Gwen Montoya. I'm your host. I am a marketing strategist and coach. If this is your first time listening, thank you for giving it a shot. If you are a returning listener, thank you for coming back. That means a lot. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you really like it, I would love a review. So on today's episode, I want to talk about social media and business and more specifically doing business. And growing your business in a way that doesn't necessarily involve social media. And the reason I want to talk about this now, when we look back on this in a year, and hopefully everything that I'm going to talk about is behind us, but we are months into the COVID pandemic. I'm on the West Coast and we've spent the past week under clouds of smoke. And we literally haven't been able to go outside because it has been dangerous to our lungs to go outside. So a lot of the reasons that people go on social media is to feel good because you get this dopamine hit, or it's a brain chemical. And when we see something that we enjoy, we get like a little release. And right now with with COVID and the fires and everything else happening in the world, a lot of that is missing on social media. And so people, maybe if they haven't thought about it before, they're realizing that they're not getting that Feel-good sensation from being on social media and they're kind of pulling back the other reason I wanted to talk about this is in January 2020 a Netflix documentary called the social dilemma premiered and Right now um, in September it is getting a lot of traction and I think because people are sort of Looking at how they use their time one of the things COVID has given people time to do is to rethink their priorities and rethink how they're spending their time that coupled with social media maybe not being as fun um, as it typically is for them. They are kind of reevaluating how they want to spend their time there. So if you're somebody who feels like you're stuck using social media as if that is your only option to grow your business, you feel stuck with posting, you feel stuck dealing with algorithms, you feel stuck getting sucked in if you pick up your phone to do one thing and 20 minutes later you realize you've lost 20 minutes and didn't even do the thing that you wanted to do. That's what I'm talking about. I am known as somebody who trains people on social media and knows a lot about social media and that's true. But with over 20 years of marketing experience and helping all kinds of business owners, social media is a piece of what I know and a piece of what I do but it is far from the only thing. So many are looking at social media and they're wondering if they want to contribute as much time as they have had to contribute to it to get a result, or if they should dump it entirely or where exactly it should fall in their overall marketing strategy. And on top of that, many are now homeschooling in addition to all of their other responsibilities. And that's a lot. I mean, to say that's a lot is such an understatement. It is overwhelming and impossible and sort of bizarre in the world that we live in. So that's why I wanted to address ways to promote and grow your business outside of social media because I think it is really easy to get sucked into the idea that social media is the only way to grow your business, and it's not. There's lots of other ways, and that's what I wanted to talk about today. And before I get too far into this episode, I want to give a shout out to the woman who inspired it. She is a fellow mom business owner, and we are both part of The Mob. Um, You can find more about that at themobnation.com. And she asked, you know, how can I market outside of social media? So this episode was inspired by Emily Jones of Free Spirit Coaching. I will put her link in the comment. She is a trauma-informed life coach for women. She's amazing. If you have ideas for podcasts, please send me an email, Gwen at GwenMontoya.com, and I am more than happy to address them here. So as a business owner, you are probably or should be aware that your posts that you post on Instagram and Facebook or wherever you're posting your social media posts, they don't reach everyone. And I'm not going to go into average reach. Just know it's it's not a lot. And it's another reason that some people are evaluating their social media time that they spend for their business. You might also be feeling like your own social media time is more than you're comfortable with. Scrolling endlessly, um, falling into the pit of comments you know you probably shouldn't read, but you do anyway. And then you're annoyed and you're mad at yourself for doing that. And just that feeling like you're spending time on social media, but there's more things that you could be doing that are maybe more effective for your business and give you a better return on your time and your investment. These are conversations I've had with clients for many years, probably since social media gained prominence. People are wondering if it's worth the time, if it's worth their time, if it's worth the return. So before we get to ways that you can grow your business without or with a reduced level of social media i just want to manage some expectations just like any strategy this will take time one of the reasons social media is so popular for business promotion is because the potential of reaching a large audience hello hashtags hello going viral all of that kind of thing that's kind of the hope when you post on social media and you use hashtags and you look at the timing and the algorithms and your analytics right all of that take all of that time that you're doing that, the point is to get to a larger audience. The things I'm gonna talk about don't condemn you to only reaching a small audience, but they do require you to work and think differently. And if you are frustrated that social media doesn't bring you a big fast sale the minute you post something new, then you're also going to be equally disappointed with the things that I'm going to talk about for the most part, because it takes work. Any kind of marketing, any kind of strategy, it takes work, it takes consistency, It takes a plan and that's what I do. So if you need help doing these things, reach out. That's what I do. Marketing and growing your business doesn't happen with one singular activity. Even somebody who goes viral and gets 5 million hits on a video, there's more to their business than just going viral with something, right? Our businesses are complicated machines. They're not simple straight lines. And I think that's really important to remember as we get into this because growing your business, managing your marketing, it's kind of like baking a cake. There's lots of different ingredients and you get to choose what the ingredients are, but some are going to be more effective than others. And not everybody's cake is the same. And honestly, a cake is a terrible analogy here, but it's one of my favorites because people can see You know, if I spend two hours a week writing blog posts and I spend one hour a week scheduling social media posts and I reach out to this many clients this many times, that is something cohesive and something tangible that they can do and feel like they are going forward. And over time, these will give you results. So with that knowledge and understanding, let's get into the list. Number one is going to be networking. And again, if you're listening to this and you're still we're still under the covid lifestyle. Obviously it's a different kind of networking and it's kind of a different world than the pre covid lifestyle and networking. But being able to get in front of new people is incredibly important. Obviously, I'm a fan of the mob and our virtual networking is really, really powerful, but it's not the only option. There's lots of different groups that do networking and many of them have moved to a virtual space. The benefit of networking is to make connections. And if you go into it thinking, how can I make a connection to help somebody else? you're going to be more satisfied than going into it with the expectation that you're going to make a connection to benefit yourself. It it makes for a bad experience if everybody is just looking out for themselves. It's really a different experience when everybody is there to show up and help and promote each other. And more importantly, when you meet somebody new at a networking event, either in person or virtual, you don't know who they know, and you don't know who their friends know, and you don't know where those little roads and connections can lead. So that's really important. And it's also important to think about who you know and how you can help somebody. Because being helpful is a really easy way to be memorable and to stand out. You should also look at conferences that have a networking element built in. Not all of them do, but some do. I'm recording this about 10 days before MobCon which is a virtual conference for mom business owners. Um, Tickets are still available if you wanna snag your ticket. If it is after September 27th, then it's probably too late to get a ticket. But MobCon is one of those conferences that has networking opportunities purposefully built in for this reason. Number two, we're gonna go old school. Again, COVID makes things a little bit weird, but flyers and bulletin boards can be incredibly powerful for small businesses, especially if you're putting your flyers up in a place where you know that your target audience is going to be. The example that came to me because there actually is a strip mall that has a natural food store and a yoga studio in it um, near me, but if you owned a yoga studio in the same complex as a natural food store, it would make a lot of sense for you to put up information about classes and maybe even a discount coupon kind of thing at that natural grocery store's bulletin board, because your audience is shopping there and they are looking. Number three is loyalty and referral codes for happy clients. It keeps them coming back. It gives them an incentive to tell others about you. If you've listened to me before, you may remember that I don't use any kind of affiliate marketing in my business. And that's a personal choice, because if I put a link in a blog post or I send you a link in an email or I recommend something in a group, I really want it to be clear that it's because I think that is the best option, not because I'm trying to make money off of it. And there's nothing wrong with affiliate marketing if that works for you. Number four is making sure that your friends and family understand what you do well enough at least to refer you if they come across somebody who needs what you do. The really good friends will be able to do that for you. They may not always be the best referrals, but it's one other way that you are putting your name out there on a consistent basis. And you don't have a lot of control over the kinds of referrals that come to you. My friends send me amazing referrals. My family thinks I fix computers. That's just, there's no amount of education is going to help with that. So, So depending on your friends and family, this may or may not be super effective for you. But if you have dedicated people out there looking out for you and watching your back, it makes a big difference number five is a webinar or some form of online teaching option or training option these can be paid or free it's completely up to you if you charge for it you'll have a lower return rate probably because people have to put the money into it in order to receive it if it is free and well marketed you can really grow your email list this way and we'll get more to email lists at the end just make sure that if you're making a webinar that it is actually worth watching. There are so many webinars that are honestly just terrible. It's not meant to be a sales pitch. It's meant to be a way to show that you know what you're talking about and you know what you're doing. If the first 20 minutes of your 40-minute webinar are talking about your family and your um, successes in a, in a way that doesn't teach anybody anything, it's just a waste of time and I swear that there is a formula out there that tells people to do that and it makes me nuts. So don't do that. Just put out really good information that people want. And then the next time you have the webinar, you will get even more signups because of the word of mouth from how great your first webinar was. Number six is to start some form of a gathering that is based around what you do, whether that is a coffee chat sort of thing or some sort of conversation space, or you go to meetup.com and start a meetup. It takes time. And it takes effort and dedication to get these off the ground. So it's not something that you post and talk about once and 20 people show up. It does not work that way. This is a slow growth option, but it can be really effective. It will bring people to you that maybe you wouldn't have known about otherwise or wouldn't have known about you. Number seven is a little bit more of a digital marketing. It's a lead generation or creating a freebie for your email list which I will get to. I'm saving the email list part for the end because it's a really big piece of this. You can guest on a podcast if you are comfortable speaking. There's lots of opportunities out there if you just look and people are always looking for podcast guests or start your own podcast. It is fairly easy to get up and running to create a podcast. Um, My setup is very simple. I just use my computer and a microphone. I don't have a sound booth. I don't rent space. My podcast host is called Simplecast. I am really happy with their service. There are free options. I think I think I pay about $15 a month for my podcast hosting. There are lots and lots of options out there and if you have something to say, choosing to do it via podcast may be an answer for you. And related to podcasts, there are speaking opportunities. People are putting on virtual summits right now. Um, there are conferences. There are in-person speaking opportunities depending on where you live and depending on um, restrictions in your area. But even if they're not happening right now, you can reach out to those who typically do them and get your name on their list and start exploring those opportunities. One thing I'll say though is that look for opportunities that are compensated unless you're just doing it because you need the exposure to that audience and it's a really great audience for you. Or if you just need the practice and the experience of speaking or showing up in that kind of space and you are new to it, compensation for your time, for your energy, for your expertise, depending on what you're bringing, matters. On the bright side, if you're just looking for exposure and the experience, there are so many speaking opportunities out there. There are lots of summits being put on right now and they are definitely looking for speakers. The other thing you can do too is Google speaking opportunities and your city or speaking opportunities and your state or speaking opportunities and West Coast or East Coast. You can also look for speaking opportunities and the type of speaking that you want to do, a women's conference or a business conference or a sales conference, those kinds of things. Google is super helpful for that. Another thing you can do is to call your local library or call your local community college and see if you can put on a talk i called my local library and i said that i'm an expert in these areas and i would love to do a talk on this topic for you no charge no sales pitch no nothing just straight information to help people and they let me do it i actually did a series for them and it was really awesome if videos are something that you're comfortable with youtube is a great opportunity however just be aware that it is in the social media neighborhood in that there are algorithms and there's search engine optimization, and there are issues that you need to be aware of within the YouTube sphere. So if you part of your desire to cut back on social media is to get away from all of that, YouTube may not be the best option. If you want to have a place to host videos that you're creating, YouTube is an option. Vimeo is also an option. And they both do have really good search capabilities. But again, it's in the social media world and there's hoops you have to jump through and algorithms and tricks that you need to learn. Number 11 is sponsorship and raffle prizes. If you have a chance to sponsor something that targets your ideal audience, then it makes lots of sense for you to do that because then your name and your business information will be put out over and over and over again to the conference attendees. The same thing goes for raffle prizes. If there's an audience out there that is perfect for you to reach and is in your ideal demographic, then giving a raffle prize to that group or organization can be really beneficial but again don't do it unless it matches your ideal audience because otherwise you're just giving away things for free and if that's something that you want to do and you don't care if it grows your business that's good too now is a really good time to lean into business collaborations and referral partners just make sure that the expectations are really clear if you are doing some form of paid referrals right if somebody refers somebody to you then they get a fifty dollar Amazon card or something like that. Just be sure exactly how that works so that everybody understands what the expectations are. Number 13 is any form of paid advertising. And I'm lumping all the different forms into one section just to keep the list from getting too unwieldy. So that includes social media ads. So you can run ads on social media that Don't show up on your business page. They only show up to the targeted audience that you want to reach. You can either set those up yourself. There is a learning curve or you can hire somebody to do it. You can also do advertising in brochures or conference booklets, um, billboards, newspapers, magazines. The list is really endless on where you can do it. Just make sure that the audience is actually your ideal audience because this is not a free thing. Paid ads are not free and you will be putting your own money into it and there will be trial and error and tweaking. So if you're going to do any kind of advertising, make sure that your copy is really on point, make sure that your graphics are perfect, make sure that your call to action is really clear, make sure that you understand the results that you're expecting versus thinking that a billboard next to a freeway is going to bring you endless clients. And it might, but it's gonna be a really specific kind of business for that to work. If video is not your thing, but you're a great writer, then guest posting on blog posts is a tried and true effective way to get your name out there to a different audience that's not yours. You can do the same thing for somebody else. You can offer guest posting opportunities on your own blog as long as it's a good fit. Make sure that the the tone and the style, just like a referral partner, is something that matches up with what your business does. And that's the same for you guest posting on other people's Blogs and websites. Make sure that the fit is really good. Don't show up on any old blog just because you have the opportunity to write for it. It really needs to make sense for your business because otherwise you're wasting time, which is one of those things we don't ever have enough of and we can't ever replace. So if you're going to take the time and effort to write a blog post and then promote it through the different channels and opportunities that you have to promote things, make sure it's someplace you are proud and excited to show up versus you just did it because it was an opportunity. And number 15 is speaking of websites, yours needs to be excellent. Social media is dynamic and it is engaging and it's ever changing. And that's one of the things that makes it so appealing for businesses because there are so many opportunities to share different aspects of your business and different sides of what you do and different offers in a way that's really interesting. Your website is more like a book, it's static. The only thing that really changes frequently on most websites is when people add a new blog post. And blog posts are great, but you also need to make sure that your website is incredibly easy to navigate. People can find what they want to find, the expectations of what they're going to get when they work with you are incredibly clear, your call to action makes sense, all of the links that you put there work, all of these things. So if you haven't spent time revamping your website and you want to get off of social media, that's one of the places I would start. Number 16 is content marketing, which is kind of a fancy marketing way to say, create content that people want to share. Because when people are sharing your content, they're doing the marketing for you, right? And that comes across as blog posts. It comes across as infographics. It comes across as videos that you create. There's a whole strategy to it and a whole, um, ecosphere of just content marketing. It's, It's a really fascinating field. And ironically, a lot of the sharing will happen on social media. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you have to be there. It just means you need to get people to put eyes on the content you're creating. And the content that you're creating is so good. It's so shareable. It has such great information that they can't help but share it. Another popular and old school technique for reaching new audiences is branding and swag. So depending on what it is and what your business is and how you feel about it. So it might make sense for you to hand out something that is durable and useful and something that will get used on purpose and creates a positive association with your business. Some people go nuts for pens with uh, any kind of pen. And I'm a pen person, but I'm not usually a swag pen person. Um, Water bottles are a good option. Magnets are a good option, especially if there's something useful on it besides just your business. My kid's pediatrician sent me a magnet that has their website and their phone number on it, which is fantastic, and that's going on my fridge because otherwise I am looking up the phone number or trying to find it in my phone every time. So something like that makes sense. I don't know that the world needs more terrible merchandise, um, but it really depends on you and your business. Also, depending on your business, Pinterest might be a really good option, depending on your demographic and what that looks like for you. However, again, like YouTube, Pinterest is kind of in the social media neighborhood. Um, In fact, it often gets linked in with social media, even though it's not. It's really more of a search engine, but it takes time. It takes effort. It takes dedication. There's tons of things to learn about it. So it might not be a good fit, again, if your entire purpose of listening to this podcast is figuring out how to never have to worry about an algorithm ever again in your entire life. Number 19 is that you need to have a way to be able to talk about yourself and your business in a way that is natural and engaging, and you need to look for opportunities to do it. In fact, practice saying what you do in different ways until you find a method that feels real and authentic to you. Because we've all heard elevator pitches, we've all heard I do X so that something can happen, right? And sometimes those work, but a lot of times they feel so rote and so uninspiring that it doesn't make somebody want to remember you, right? And a lot of times we make them so fancy when we're trying to build this perfect elevator pitch that instead of being able to get across exactly what we do, we just confuse people and we use words that we wouldn't normally use in our business or we use terms or phrases that are hot or trendy and that's great, except that it doesn't really have any substance to it. So look for a meaty, Exciting way to say what you do. And, you know, if you're a writer, then say you're a writer. You don't have to add a ton of extra wording to it. The point is to be memorable. And, you know, if you're talking about what you do in a networking group, you know, then okay, the elevator pitch kind of works, but it still creates a barrier between you and the person that you're talking to. If you are at a grocery store and somebody notices, for example, your, you know, your earrings and you happen to have made them, if you start out with an elevator pitch instead of saying, thanks, I made these and I sell them and it's awesome, then there's a barrier and it's not gonna be as engaging. Speaking of meeting people in the grocery store, which is where I have random conversations with strangers, I don't know if anybody else gets that, but I definitely do. If it makes sense for your personality and your business to have you know, a t-shirt with your business name on it or your website or your tagline or whatever that is, then go for it. The value of community and people who are looking for opportunities to share what you do and spread your name really can't be oversold. It's such an important part of growing a business to have that community that is rooting for you and cheering for you and will throw your name out every chance they get because they love what you do. That's a part of marketing and it's not often looked at as a part of marketing, but having a community that you adore and that you're excited to be a part of is really important. And it can be part of your networking group. You know, I'm going to say the mob again, because they're amazing. But, you know, for some people, it's their church group. For some people, it's their book group. For some people, it's the group of girlfriends they've had since college. Whatever that is, make sure that that community understands that you're looking for work and can talk about what you do. The next one, again, is something that's impacted by COVID. So it's a little bit challenging. In-person events, can be a really good way to grow your business, depending on what you do. If you're going to do in-person events like farmer's markets or vendor sales, make sure that the table fee is reasonable. Make sure that the person putting it on has a method for promoting it. Make sure that they are as dedicated to promoting the event as you are dedicated to promoting that you're going to be there because you need to be devoted to promoting that you're going to be at an event. Make sure that you have a way to get somebody's email. You can use something like MailChimp or MailerLite to capture emails in the moment. You can offer them a discount or a bonus while they're standing in front of you if they give you their email address so that you can let them know where you'll be next time or offer them something else. Another way you can do it is raffle prizes. That's a really popular way to do it. The challenge with doing a raffle prize and collecting email addresses as part of the entry is that a lot of times people will sign up for something, but they don't really care, they just wanna win the free thing. So depending on what kind of an event it is and how that works in your experience, um, that might not be the best option, but definitely try to get email addresses of people while they're standing there. The other thing you want to do is make sure that you have business cards with all of your information in a really appealing, pretty way so somebody can find you again when they want to find you. But better would be to get their email address before they walk away from your booth. And finally, I have talked about emails several times through this podcast episode. And the reason I do is because having somebody's email is like having somebody's home address. Somebody visiting your website or somebody visiting your social media page or liking a post, it's transitory. Somebody's email address does not change, generally speaking. Sometimes they do. But you can reach out and contact somebody directly in a way that you cannot on social media and you cannot when they visit your website, unless they give you their email address. When you are thinking about all of the different ways to market yourself that does not involve social media, you still need an email list. You still need a way to reach out and connect and contact people. Now that doesn't mean that as soon as you get somebody's email, you spam them for four weeks with huge offers and discounts and emails that don't make any sense. You need to be strategic about the emails you send. You need to be strategic about your welcome series. You need to be strategic about what you're offering to get somebody onto your email list. Again, like content marketing, it's an entire thing and it's really fascinating. Reach out if you need help figuring this out. I think the other thing about getting somebody's email address is versus somebody visiting your website or somebody visiting your social media page. If somebody gives you their email address, you know that they're at least halfway interested in what you're offering. And so they are a, as we call it in marketing land, a warmer lead than say cold calling somebody that you've never talked to or met before. It's just that you still have to treat those people on your email list with utmost respect because this is your goldmine of how you're going to grow your business. So that's my whole list. I believe that this is probably the longest podcast episode I've ever done. I don't know if they're all going to be this long. But I loved putting this list together. I loved the puzzle and the challenge of thinking outside the box. I encourage you to think outside the box. If I forgot something that you think should be included in this list, please include it. I want to give another shout out to Emily Jones at Free Spirit Coaching for the prompt to record this episode. This was a lot of fun. I hope you guys learned some things. If you have questions, send me an email, um, Gwen at Gwen Montoya. I hope that you follow me on social media. I am G Montoya PDX across all of the social media platforms. If you want to join my email list, I will leave a link for that in the show notes. Also in the show notes will be a link to Emily's website so you can see what she does. There is going to be a Pinterest board that will be developed for this podcast episode. There will be some other resources that I'll stick in the show notes for you because my passion is empowering you as business owners to manage your marketing and not feel overwhelmed. And I'm hoping that this episode, if you were feeling overwhelmed about social media, if you were feeling overwhelmed after watching that movie and feeling like you have to cancel all of your social media and can't ever promote your business ever again, I'm hoping this relieves some of the pressure. Thanks for listening.